0: Welcome to the Group Home Riches podcast. If you have the desire to be your own boss, create your own schedule, and become financially free while at the same time helping people in need, then you've come to the right place. At grouphomeriches.com, we teach people exactly like yourself how to get started in the group home business. And on this podcast, you're going to hear their stories firsthand. So today we have veterans of the business New to the gold course. I'm glad they found us. They actually reached out to me to let me know they wanted to chat with us. I checked out their website. I have a ton of questions for them. It looks like they are kind of doing a similar business to what we do. I think they just figured it out, like our founder Andy did. So we have Dave and Felicia with Uncle Dave's Housing with us today. Guys, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thanks Thanks for for having us.
0: us. (laughs) So We just started chatting for the first time, you know, via email and a little before we started recording. So let's just hop into it from the beginning. The typical question I ask people either via email or on our coaching calls, and I'll ask you guys, what brought you to this business in the first place? What made you want to even look up how to start a group
1: home? (laughs) Can I tell? Yes. All right. So I'm going to tell. So I was working in a law firm as a real estate attorney, and I had a client called me saying that none of her tenants were paying rent. And then as I got to talking with her, I realized that she had like 10 people living in one house. And this is way back in 2009, probably. So I decided it didn't really sound like she needed a lawyer or an unlawful detainer with only five out of the 10 people not paying rent all under one roof. So I decided to send over my husband at the time, fiance. The two of us, we met in drug rehab treatment back in 2006. Yeah, right. He had just gotten out of prison for a white collar crime and he got out of prison and all he he always says just had a
2: shoebox. I came out of prison with a shoebox and I went right into rehab uh, and spent nine months in rehab where they sent me back to school and I got my KDAC license for drug and alcohol care in which. I went to work at Tarzana Treatment Center, and I saw all these people leaving the center and not having a place to go. So, uh, and for- then, yeah.
1: so I sent him over to one of my clients, and he learned, he saw that she was running basically a group home, transitional housing for men. Some of them had lived there a long time, and she was losing her houses to foreclosure, and they felt they didn't have to pay the rent because she didn't own the houses yet she still did because she foreclosures had not happened yet and the way I ended up in treatment center though too is I had done meth all through law school and I became addicted to it and so that's where we met and
2: so anyway so this Patty she just needed some muscles you know she needed someone come in and say hey you guys need to pay your rent or get or, or get out and we got them all current with the rent. And she says, You know, Dave, you're doing a great job. I've got four or five houses. Why don't you rent them for me? Which I did. And that's how I learned the business. We were with her for about a year. And then I said, Felicia, I said, Why don't we you know, start a house and, and see what we can do? So we uh, leased a three unit apartment building with a house in front that currently holds 50 men and did and that. It didn't-
1: right in the hood of Los Angeles, right by the, out the projects and lots of gangs in this area. And it used to be a drug infested apartment building and we took it over
2: and we cleaned it up. And now the police, you know, they don't have to come by as often anymore. And then we went up to Pasadena, which was a big mistake because it's called the NIMBY, NIMBY law, not in my backyard. And the um, city
1: attorney came after us, we'll tell you, but in Pasadena we started sober livings and we did co-ed there and we started one house on summit and then another house on Ashtabula and you know, they were nice houses and you know, people loved them and it was great for everybody coming out of drug treatment center to go into a nice, clean, safe, sober living environment. But then when the city attorney came after us, they basically the bottom line was you can't have more than six people that are not blood related under one roof Perfect. and they were saying we're, we're
0: totally we'll, we'll we'll unpack that and the logistics okay. behind it and the fair like i'm sure you're going to get into the fair housing laws and things like that yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so this uh, is you guys have actually dealt with this <laughs> so that's oh, yeah. that's oh, awesome oh, yeah. we
1: had 200 misdemeanors ch- charged against both of us wow. each or yeah. 200 each
2: 187
1: and actually. We remember uh, somebody seeing an article in the Pasadena newspaper saying that we were arrested, and we hadn't been arrested yet. So we hid out in a hotel. <laughs> we didn't know what was going on, and we ended up, you know, we fought them for a long time. I mean, we they re- tried pro- to get a protest
2: in front of City Hall.
1: Yeah, that's but, right. But you know, you
2: can't, you just can't beat them, the government. You know, we didn't have the funds. We didn't have. Um,
1: yeah, the, the Newport background. Beach had Newport Beach was also going through a constitutional law, which is basically it's unconstitutional the law. We knew, knew it. To, but... I you,
0: always tell we, people, know your rights, but choose your battles too. So
1: exactly. Exactly. So let's, we didn't let's spend millions of dollars in That's, the what, I, that's what I let's, do in marriage.
0: Let's re <laughs> <laughs> let's so let's rewind a little bit. So Dave, you were getting out of or you were in rehab, right? Yes. And you got a lead through one of Felicia's clients that was basically just a real estate person, but she was operating, you know, group homes, basically. Right.
1: Yeah, Stuffing people into that Yeah. I homes. mean, it
2: was horrible by the way they, that, that she ran it.
1: Uh, um, so
0: she was a slum, a slumlord kind of.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know,
2: she wouldn't go in it and then the places were a mess. Foodies.
0: She brought you on to be what would we call like our, our operational manager. So
2: yeah, exactly Housing housing coordinator.
0: okay, that's what you guys call it. yeah, so basically well, nowadays, you, yeah you were the person to kind of run the day-to- day activities and worst case scenario, you have to evict somebody, which is
2: if never probably, done it. we've never we've never had to evict anybody. We have it's called a guest agreement where they give up their yeah. tenant rights
1: yeah, same, and same, same in over thing 10 years in
2: over ten years we've been taken to a small claims court and it's always held up. We've never <laughs> lost one case yet,
0: you guys. I've never guys, lost. Um, I have hundred yeah. percent. You're you're bringing up so many of our main points that we try yes. to to cover in our content and in the gold course. So I love it. You know, we that's have,
1: why I contacted yeah, you
0: guys. We we have one similar included. We just call it the license agreement slash tenant agreement. But
1: exactly. that's the same thing.
0: Dave just is basically. Reporting. Yeah. So, you know, we always tell everybody, Hey, you know, you're not leasing the property. It's similar to a hotel, right? The people Correct. That's like your check-in card. And Dave was just the stern management type person to come. <laughs> Muscle and,
1: guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, it's, so, in most, it's just the same thing as a hotel, totally different demographic. But if like a manager comes to the hotel room and tells a guest like, Hey, you got to leave. of people are, are, going to leave. Okay. You know, (laughs) so
2: we've been, and we've had people call the police on us. You can't do this. We're tenants. And the minute the police come out, we show them our guest agreement where they actually sign a paper saying that they're a guest, they're not a tenant. And the minute the police see that, okay, you got to go. It's held up every time. We've never had a problem with that. Once worst
0: worst case has had the police ever like been like, Oh, I'm not, we're not going to deal with this. It's a civil matter.
1: One time. One time. And it was because of COVID in the very beginning when right. there was a stay in shelter. The police said, well, where are they supposed to go? They have to stay in shelter. And eventually the police got them out. But at first,
2: you know, they weren't going. Brandon, we, we house 165 men every night. We have six locations, all duplexes and apartment buildings. It's quite a big operation. and And we've never had a problem, you know, when we tell someone to leave. We mean it. And a lot of times I'll just go up and I'll pack their stuff up and throw it on on the sidewalk. And I say, I'll see you later. They'll call the police. The police come out. I'll show them the guest agreement. And off they go. So it's never been been an issue for us. Never
1: once filed an unlawful detainer, which in California is the eviction lawsuit.
2: That's the worst thing I want to do is kick somebody out on the streets. But, you know, we got to keep our houses safe and clean. and, And there's... It's all independent living but there's no drugs or alcohol allowed on or off property that's one thing that we're very strict on so if someone comes in loaded off they go you know we're not going to tolerate that it just jeopardizes the community and the safety of others
0: so this is folks you know we you've probably heard us talk about it you've heard it in our content I love hearing it from other folks that have gone through it as well so oh. Yeah, this, is,
2: plenty of
0: it. this is one of the worst case scenarios that, that people are worried about. But we have we have these systems in place to kind of minimize the bad stuff that can happen. So Andy has a similar agreement. It's probably, you know, the same thing, just in legalese. Right. <laughs> but he has had to go to court like two or three times over his you know uh-huh. almost 20 years. Never, but
1: each for an eviction, he had to go to
0: court. They tried to take him to court. And each time the license oh, yeah. agreement okay. held up. So,
2: yeah, so, same know, here. Same, you know, we've been taking the court too, and it it always holds up.
0: And folks, just to reiterate, these guys are in Los Angeles, California, not known to be the most business friendly area in the <laughs> country. You know, not the not the most you know wild west. You know, no regulations kind of area, right? Probably. In we the have a lot opposite. of regulations. <laughs> We're yeah. in rent
1: control too. There's rent control in LA, so tenants are you know have all the rights in Los Angeles yeah and even though some of our properties are in rent control it's never been a mission. guest never. agreement license agreement it's a right to use the bed is the bottom line and that's what it comes down to and we can get them out
0: another thing I wanted to kind of rewind on is when you guys started out it wasn't like you guys didn't have a, a ton of funds you didn't go get like a big government grant or anything like that. You glossed over it, but it's one of the things that many of our members and kind of new people trying to get things going struggle with that you just lease the property.
1: Well, in California, property prices are really expensive. So when you say, you know, somebody can buy a house for a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, that's not possible in no
2: California. Way. No way. Especially <laughs> you know, especially a duplex or you know, in an apartment building, that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So you we need tried that to a buy a building.
1: Yeah, yeah, in the beginning, we did try. I sent David to a foreclosure sale, but there were the sharks there with, you know, you know the cashier's checks oh, yeah. for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we, you know, yeah. just by word of mouth, somebody said, hey, we just remodeled this apartment building. You interested in leasing it? And we went and looked at it and go, this is really big. And we weren't planning on such a big place we were just looking for a house to start with but we did it yeah, and we, we took a
2: chance and uh
1: we opened up one part of the apartment building at a time we did it slowly yep and it filled up and i mean it's
2: then we went to our next duplex and our next duplex and uh like i say now we have uh six buildings houses
1: whatever you want to call them I and don't. we lease them all.
2: Yeah, we lease and some them.
1: of our all our landlords know what we do. Some are great. The landlord of our first place, he's not so nice. We're responsible for all the maintenance and everything. And the building no, is trouble, literally
2: falling apart. Triple at least it's costing us a fortune, but still, you know, Brennan, we do this to help others, you know. Yeah, yeah, there is some money into it. We're we not doing make it. a good profit. We're though. not we're not doing it for you know, for nothing. You know, we do make money on it, but basically we're here to help people. You know, mm-hmm. and, and if someone comes in, I got a really big heart, you know, if they don't have mm-hmm. all the rents.
1: He lets um, them in I let
2: them, I let them in anyway. Pro you know? bono beds. And it I, and it always pays off because, you know, nine times out of ten, they'll come up with a rent in a month or, or or two months. And and I have a policy, I don't turn people away. And we're very well known. You know, I, I can go down fifth and julian downtown where it's 10. Skid City Road. skid Row, and walk down City, there and everybody yeah. will wave to me, hey Uncle Dave, what's going on? Because I'm very well known. Why? Because I love to house people. You know, I love to put a roof over their head and give them hope, as I was given hope at one time. You know, you need you need a roof over your head. You need a cell phone to start your life over again, so you can start going out and then looking for a job. You know, and and one thing that pays off is, you know, years later someone will come back to me and or I get a I'll get a letter and say thanks, Uncle Dave, for giving me this opportunity because of you. I started my life over again and, and look where I am
1: now. We love hearing all the success stories. And I will tell you when I worked for the law firm, I worked in downtown LA and he, David would come have lunch with me and we'd walk down Skid Row and everybody would be, hi, uncle Dave. Hi, uncle Dave. Cause we worked a l- with a lot of agencies we knew how I learned how to market uncle Dave's housing. And I just loved how everybody did it. And just to show you, David said, I'm going to make this business so you can retire from work as a lawyer because I didn't, I wasn't the happiest at practicing law. And in 2013, I retired as a lawyer because in three years, we were making enough money to support ourselves and our way we live, our lifestyle by housing people here in South Los Angeles.
2: It's so
0: an amazing story.
2: (laughs) Brandon, Brandon, what we look for is we don't go for small houses. The minimum we have is a duplex that has 10 rooms and six bathrooms. And that's the minimum I'll do because you can make money there. I see a lot of people, you know, have a two or three bedroom house and they expect to, you know, make money on it. And you're not going to make money on a two or three bedroom house. You know, you have to, in my thoughts, have a t- minimum ten bedroom duplex in order to make it worthwhile for you
1: make it I, profitable i agree you know?
0: i think a lot of people are kind of what's the uh is it penny wise pound foolish they're looking for like low startup costs so they think like maybe a two or three bedroom will get them in the door but then they That's don't realize correct.
2: you know you have a couple vacants and you have your utilities and you're in the hole already you know With... you're not gonna be you're gonna be losing money Basically, Brandon, what I look for when I open a complex is location, location, location. Number one, it's got to be big enough to make it profitable, but it's got to be near a shopping center. It's got to be near bus lines, transportation.
1: Health centers.
2: Too. It's got to be by food centers. It's got to be by medical centers. All these things I'll put together and if it meets all the requirements, then we'll go for it. There's a lot of property leasing companies that have these duplexes here in Los Angeles, and there's plenty to pick from. So you know we're at house number six now, and probably within a year, we'll have our seventh house. We and just
1: keep wanting to help people. Every yeah. house
2: every house holds over twenty people, and that's two to maximum three people per room. I don't like you know stuffing people in. and we have a manager at every house and an assistant manager.
1: And we have a maintenance guy, too, that goes around we're, and fixes everything. And we usually, have, we like to fix our own stuff and at the we, house. Have
2: a, a, we have a, a supervisor that goes around, including us. So, you know, we take care of our houses. Our houses, the health department came by and, and couldn't even believe how spotless our places was. He, he gave us a great recommendation.
1: Um, yeah, so LA the, Health Department told us we were the cleanest transitional house yeah. in LA he had seen, which really made us proud
2: well if, if you if you are
0: hands on like you guys are and you care about mm-hmm. your tenants and the properties it's one of the advantages of this this type of housing compared to rental properties that's kind of counterintuitive right like you guys have hundreds of people in and out of your property but you have way more control over the property. So you guys have absolutely, managers correct. reporting any ma- There's not going to be deferred maintenance, right? It's not like,
2: no. absolutely not. We're on top of it right away. Yeah. Uh, each night our each one of our managers sends us a, re- a nightly report of what happened during the daytime. If there's a crisis or, or someone's acting out, you know, we'll be there within 10, 15 minutes. It's, you got to keep up with the game.
1: We've learned how to do it right. I mean, because we've made some big mistakes. I mean, we had the issue of bed bugs, too. That was a big issue at one of our houses. And we bought the fans, the heaters, and then we even tented the place. And it wasn't until I had a a good pest control control company come out once a month, and I still pay $450 a month for the pest control, but it's worth it when we haven't had any bed bugs again because the type of people we deal with bring them in and we've just you know we've learned the hard way on a lot of stuff like with the bed bugs i would say we spent at least 20 grand mm-hmm. trying to eradicate them have
0: you guys and, ever done have you done any traditional uh, rental rental properties or anything like that
1: i have on my own, not through Uncle Dave's housing, because we yeah. made Uncle Dave's housing a nonprofit, and it being a nonprofit, we've learned how to cut our costs and everything. Get a lot of even discounts and stuff.
0: Utility. Even with uh, even with qualified tenants, you have nightmare stories. So you know, I've built oh with bed bugs and just and deferred. We've natives. had
1: ODs people <laughs> yeah. overdosing. We've had knives, we've had a gunfight. a gun go off at a property. I mean, almost everything and anything, we've had the fire department, the zoning department, the health department, the city attorney. I mean, you name it, any government agency, environmental health. They've all been out to our properties. I mean, even when back to the Pasadena, when we were dealing with the city attorney, David, once (laughs) you tell him the story.
0: Let me transition into that because I have a question that's okay. Someone's just, you know, they just recently looked up how to start a group home. They have a burning question on their mind, especially if they've been doing their research. So what type of licensing process did you guys need to go through in order to You don't
2: need a license. There's,
1: nope, zero exactly what you guys say there's
2: no license required
1: what a license i don't yeah. know what that word is
0: so you guys are you guys are doing this like illegally like off off the records or what's what's that legally
1: like? there is I know. no you don't, need, yeah. you don't need a license you, don't need,
2: you know everybody's worried about you know getting a license you don't need one they They're are talking yeah. about
1: trying to make regulations and state laws for sober livings in california but it's yet to happen. So like a sober living, a halfway house, only when you're dealing with the children or disabled people, perhaps, may you need a license. But for regular people. Okay. Also, too,
2: Brandon, we deal with men only. We, we don't uh, do females. We don't do couples. We don't do children. It's for men only. Almost
0: you know, Eddie um, and sticks to the single adults. So he, yeah. he yep. does have yep. no 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 code. it's the
1: easier, softer way.
0: Well, it's where you know it's just kind of the market in business terms. Just the majority of people that, that are in the need of this type of housing do tend to be single men. So yep.
2: and So, um, bottom line, Brandon, you know, for me, the bigger the better, the bigger the house, the more people you can put in, the more profits to be made without overcrowding.
1: Oh, and David's so great. When we go to look at a potential place to rent for an Uncle Dave's housing, he can see, he visually sees it. He goes to each room and can see where a bed can go, where a bunk bed should go. And he can count and he can do the numbers even before anybody's in there, before any furniture's in there, even before he signs the lease. He does the numbers. I can't see it. I'm not visual like that. <laughs> but he's so, really good so at Brent, finding a place. You know, it's here again. It's got to
2: be profitable. We're not doing this for nothing. Here again, we're not going to be millionaires over it. But it's definitely good money. It's but, good lifestyle. But Brandon, all I can say again is, you know, a lot of people are going for a two, three bedroom house, and that's not going to happen. I don't care. You know, you know, with two or three people in a room, you're not going to be making money on a small house.
1: And even when. We ha- you have a lot of vacancies too. there's been times when for some reason we've had some vacancies a little anytime I have over 10 vacancies I get a little nervous and we just get out there and start marketing to the agencies and people that place people into the houses like the VA or the Volunteers of America or any other organization there's lots and there's we've a made, ton of them
2: there's a we've made them.
1: presentations in front of the parole officers, the probation department. We've made so many presentations at coalition meetings, at
2: emergency hospital. It's called
1: like the coordinated entry system in Los Angeles. And those are the big agencies that get the government money and pass it out to little people like us. And we made presentations there and just told them what we're all about.
2: So then basically, Brandon, you know you want to market before you you get a house you know you you want to make sure you know before I open a new what house, what I do is I swing by all my other houses and give them fifty hundred dollars off for the first couple of months just to get them over there. So I got a cash flow that's that's immediate where I don't even have to wait thirty days for it to start filling it up. We just opened our last house about four months ago, and it's um
1: filled up in it's thirty days filled
2: up in thirty days, and I got thirty people living in there. So, yeah.
1: but yeah. you guys talk about also the importance of marketing, even yeah. before you sign your yeah. lease or you buy see, a house.
2: You
0: so. see, you see me smiling and laughing here because uh-huh. it's like, <laughs> I know I don't, Dave didn't go through the course, but it's like, you know, Dave could reinforcing it. <laughs> what you're yeah.
2: teaching, yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know so so that it works. I've looked, I've looked over, you know, your gold course, and, and, and it's very good, it's, it's very good. Is it's down to earth and exactly what we do, you know, and I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. And the only thing that I've that I've noticed is that people are going for too small of a house, and expecting to make money on it. And you hear again, you know, you have a couple vacants,
0: you're going to be losing money on it. So let me address that because that's what I wanted. You, know, the penny wise pound foolish. So people are looking to save, you know, they're looking to rent the smallest place because it's they think it's the lowest startup costs. But there's not a big difference between if you're in a neighborhood. Most of the houses are gonna be three bedrooms, right? But if you can
2: find a four well, we, or a five bedroom with a we, converted we garage, do
1: four and five. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: Brandon, here again, minimum. you wanna make sure that you wanna make sure that you're zoned right.
1: You don't want to go to where there's a homeowner's association. You never want to deal with a homeowner's association. You don't want to stick out like a sore thumb in the neighborhood. Because like he mentioned before, the NIMBY, not in my backyard. You don't want neighbors complaining about you.
2: I want apartment buildings on both sides of me, or at least on the block where, you know, they're used to having traffic coming in and out. Not in the residential area where... You know, it's, it's going to be a big sign saying, hey, you know, what's going on here? So we
0: do operate in residential areas, probably just because probably like just the layout of the cities we operate are probably a little different than L.A., right? Yeah. Um, well,
1: you know, we do operate in residential, too. David is incorrect there. But we don't. We're careful what neighborhoods we go ex- into.
0: Exactly. So. And I, I learned through talking with the lawyer last week that even if you are in a neighborhood that has a HOA, or like you guys were in, a, was it Pasadena or Newport Beach? Right, it had
1: the civil law that.
0: Yeah, says, even though no more. Even though you have the federal laws on your case, and you probably could challenge it, it's you know why not operate in we like lower to middle income neighborhoods where there's a bunch of rentals anyways, and they're not going to be like a HOA, you know, up. <laughs> no. it's uh, just
1: one problem yeah. to avoid. A- avoid make it the easier problem. on yourself
0: no exactly. no you're right but try to avoid problem. the problem so let's get into that let's so you guys expanded into it i know newport beach is like pretty upscale neighborhood
1: right? no yeah. we didn't go there that's not where there. i grew up but <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you call but it in
0: You went into a not-in-my-backyard. NIMBY. NIMBY laws. And there are
1: NIMBY laws. A lot of cities across America have laws that say you can't have more than six people under one roof that are not
2: blood-related.
1: I mean, so if a family has ten kids, fine. But if a sober living that lives as a family because they do chores together. They go to meetings together, they shop and cook together and they live as a family, but they're not blood related. So it's illegal in some cities such as Pasadena and Pasadena went after every sober living basically. And we were like the first and they used us as an example, probably because we were the best and most well-known and they just, you know, we fought them for about, two, three years, and luckily we walked away from Pasadena because I didn't want to spend millions on attorney's fees fighting constitutional law. You can't
2: fight City Hall.
1: And, you know, we paid probably $2,000 fines each. Uh And we walked away and we just said, our first house was in South Los Angeles. Let's stick around there because Pasadena was a lot far. And we put all our houses I mean, probably within a 10-mile radius. Uh And Even in the 10 mile radius, there's so many transitional houses here. And we get calls all the time from other operators who are saying, What are you guys doing? You know, how can I help fill up my house or why am I not making any money? And that's where I want to start and I want to help go into existing homes and do so called like audit and see where they can cut costs or where they can market, what type of marketing they need. Whether, I mean, we started in the very beginning just with Craigslist and now there's Facebook Marketplace. There's so many places online to market your house and to fill it up. And I will say the best thing though is word of mouth through the agencies. We get calls, probably 10 calls a day from agencies about they have clients looking for
2: placement for clients and here again they haven't heard of us before and they're so happy that we're out there and they start feeding us clients and and then we we build the rapport with them and it works it works you know it's instead of waiting for the business to come to you you have to go out and get the business and that's the bottom line
0: you hear it from us every day folks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so
1: exactly. You got to do the work to make it, you know, and after a while it gets a lot easier. It's like getting a candy from a baby or whatever you said. And it does get easy, but in the beginning, there is a lot of work to d- be done. It's you the, have to that's, make a name for yourself.
0: That's the grind. You know, that's what I do with, with our coaching clients. Most of the time is just getting them to understand that the basic principles, Really just getting them confident enough to get out there and start marketing, kind of reiterating, hey, you know, start getting these connections before you get a house. You know, why why buy a property or take on a new payment if you don't know who to call for tenants? So that's what exactly. we so let me to...
2: let me give you for instance. So we did some marketing a couple months ago and I said, Felicia, you do this one, and she and she walks in and says, Can I leave a flyer from Uncle Dave's? and this is not to embarrass you honey (coughs) so anyway so so i said excuse me i said who's in charge of housing here well before you know it we're in front of of a lady called brenda who do the head head person who houses probably you know 60 people no
1: the what it is is they had 100 guys at the mission it's at a mission in skid row but they can only stay there for six months. And at the end of six months, where do they go? Right. They need housing to go to. And that was where we came in. And she's like, thank God you guys walked in. We've, we've been, been looking we've been for looking housing. For a
2: place for like you. So she senses a lot of people right now. So it's about being aggressive with your marketing also. You know, it's not just dropping off a flyer and then having it sit on the desk or in the trash can. You have to get in front of the person and create a relationship with them, which I love to do. I love to talk. I'm a great salesman. He's a born salesman. You know, and I love my properties and I love what I do and I love
1: helping people. And that's the bottom line. And I will tell you, years ago, the way I did it, because I'm not really a salesperson, but I sat down and I made a list of all the agencies in Los Angeles because we didn't really know where to go at first. But I did my research and I called them and I said, who's in charge of housing? Do you guys need housing? know who deals with your clients i had to ask who their contact person was and i made a list of all these people all these agencies and i gave it to david and he went right up to their front door and talked to them and basically explained what we are and it's housing will always be a great need and especially after this national eviction moratorium wears off i mean this group housing, transitional housing, it's the way of the future. It's so affordable and so easy for people to live. I mean, I hear how seniors wanna live together nowadays. I mean, it's just gonna explode. So I think what you're doing and teaching people how to operate and start these group homes is fabulous. I mean, and we've been doing it and I know we could have 30 Uncle Dave's housings and still fill them up every day here in Los Angeles.
0: Like I said, you guys are in the ground zero of the crisis. You know, thank God they they have people like you guys in there. So before we started recording, we kind of talked about like the the agencies and, and stuff like that. They're paying for their clients, which are your tenants, correct? Most of the time.
1: Some agencies are. Some have funding, some don't. But there are... For example i know in california if you're on general relief which any poor person any unhoused any homeless person can get it's through the department of social services they also have a housing program so we get the guys that are on gr and we get them to a housing caseworker in the department of social services and they pay for their housing until they either get a job or until they get their SSI, their Social Security Supplemental Benefits. and In Los Angeles, it's
2: called the pilot program. And uh, we do a lot with that.
1: And Uh, then some agencies get the rapid rehousing funding, funding, which is from the government, which is the Los Angeles Housing Authority. And they pass it to the coordinated entry system. I know it's confusing. They pass it to the big agencies, and the big agencies pass it down to us. And then others... Agencies just have grants or funds. Yeah.
2: And then we have people a lot of people on Social Social Security or a lot of people that are, are just working that don't make a lot of money, that can't afford their own place.
1: And this is this is where we fit in. We make it so easy for them, $550 a month or $600 a month, and they don't have to pay any utilities. We take care of all their bills. We give them TVs, Wi-Fi, furnished room, fresh sheets when they move in. And it's just no matter where they've been, whether they're on the streets, in jail, in prison, or broke up with their, had a fight with the wife and need a safe, clean place to live, come on over. You know, they paid their first month's rent and no security deposit. We don't even charge security deposits because we don't want to have to deal with giving it back or anything. And, and there's so there's so other
2: avenues, you know, people coming to Los Angeles that, that don't want to live in a hotel for a couple of weeks because it's expensive that way. So we're affordable in that sense too. When they're moving to a new location until they find out where they want to live or, or what they want to do, they come live with us. And some people just never leave.
0: Broke okay, Like I said, it sounds like exactly what Andy's doing, except on, on a different coast. So it's beautiful to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're in you
1: Texas, know, right?
0: Yeah, we're, we operate throughout central Texas. So. Okay. We talked about the agencies and stuff and it did sound confusing. And the people that if they're just starting out, they're probably like, Man, what did these people what are they talking about? How do we <laughs> find these people? Guys, it's very you know, simple.
2: It's very simple.
0: There's Uncle
1: Dave's we, housing.org.
0: Well, like the rapid rehousing and stuff like that. There's I just want to kind of go back to that to reiterate. There's okay, literally sure. there's multiple billions of dollars <sighs> that goes into those like agencies that Felicia talked about and they're needing to house people. They're not very good at marketing though. That's why you guys have probably never heard of them. So it's, it's kind of your, that's what we teach people how to do and what you guys learn how to do is to like find the right people to talk to and market to. And when you do find them, you know, don't just send one email and wait for him to call you. You know, it's or like drop like they, off a
1: of flyer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, close,
2: close mouths, close mouths. Don't get shit. You got to be aggressive.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's and I come from a marketing background, and I always tell people, hey, it's the seven touch rule applies to everything. You got to talk to people, market to them. They got to see you and hear from you on average seven times before somebody uses a Absolutely. new product or new service. So.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and here again, you know, when their clients come in, they report back to them, hey, this is a great place. And we got a lot of more clients coming in because uh, of what, what they're telling their caseworkers. You yeah. know, hey, this is a great place. It's clean. It's well run. It's well managed.
1: Your w- reputation w- is I w- very I would definitely
2: recommend this place. And that's was also helped, too. Again
0: marketing rule guys, word of mouth is the best. <laughs> so you got to get your foot in the door through all the other stuff, but word of mouth is easily the best marketing yeah, channel. It
1: takes time, but it's, you know, it's worth it. And the more you do at the onset in the beginning, the easier it is faster.
0: So guys, I could probably talk to you guys all day great I energy know, I know. <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad you guys reached out but i gotta get running soon and i'm sure you guys have got probably gotten a couple calls since being on here <laughs> yep. yep. so the
1: pork rind guy goes by oh um, here wait you've just got to see this see see what's going by us right now
0: yep 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 see that. <laughs> It's so probably, will probably it's, have a flower, uh, guy, a flower guy come in here soon. And I'm surprised you know. no one's knocked on your the window asking for change. Well, there's
2: right been there's been no gunshots in 30 minutes, so that's good. All right,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, it was great talking yeah, to you. you, I, you know, anytime, UncleDave'sHousing.org. If people want to look in, then I'm also in Los Angeles, going to be auditing houses through. Um, it's called SOSHousing.org. And they can go to either website to find us too. And I highly recommend if you haven't started a group home, do the, uh, I've looked at all the gold core stuff. It's great.
2: So just I remember the bigger, the bigger, the better.
0: Yes, guys, <laughs> don't go get a two bedroom or a studio just cause they're cheap. And spend like another, just a minute or two or however long you guys want. Tell us t- about like uh, the auditing thing that, they, that you're starting up
1: well you know a lot of people make it a house even if it's big enough but they're still not making a profit so there's ways to cut costs cut the utilities and there's ways to add beds or just to save money and we want to go in and do that a lot of people just put one person into a room when you should put a bunk bed in there and get an extra 600 a month and that will cover the cost. I mean, because you always want to know what your expenses are for each house and also what your income is going to be. And if you've got 10 people in there at 500, that's 5,000 a month income. But if your lease is 2,500 and your utilities are 1,000, that leaves you with 1,500 net. And then there's always additional expenses that may come up, such as like when we had pest control. So I want to go and help other Houses where people live together under one roof, whatever kind of setting it is, disabled children, assisted living, transitional halfway. I mean, the list goes on and on as to the different types of houses and help them cut costs, save money and help them market and keep their beds filled.
0: So this is basically like in-person training for folks who are in the in the L.A. area.
1: Yeah, yeah. some consulting in person So that we can go look at the house and see what they're doing and help people here in Los Angeles.
0: So, guys, you may hear that there's no shortcuts in business. False. If you pay experts like these guys to come and check it out, glance over, look over your business, you just purchased a shortcut, okay? (laughs) You'll probably save yourself months of expenses. And aggravation aggravation. And here's the mistakes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We don't
1: want them doing the mistakes that we've done. And we've done them all.
0: Yeah. You can learn from your mistakes the hard way, or you could listen to people that have gone through it. <laughs> so choose wisely. So tell us one more time where, where folks can reach out to you. And then we'll, we'll drop the links in the description on the, on the podcast sure. as well. Sure.
1: For the transitional housing, it's Uncle Dave's. Housing.org, and that's Dave's with an S. And then for the auditing and help with your existing home, it's SOSHousing.org.
0: Awesome, guys! It was so good talking to you. We'll have to, it was we'll
1: great have to talk to you. Keep Brandon, in touch. Okay, all right, all right, bye, I'll Brandon. keep in touch. Absolutely. Take care,